Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. A three, two, one. Beautiful. Just going to have one question for you. Do you oh, like Uber oh, oh. Stank? What the hell? Every single week you always say, I've got a question for you, and it's never the question that I anticipate. Is it going to be to do with gaming? Is it going to be to do with another cereal that he's poured in a pint glass? No, it's Hooperstank. No. Why is Hooperstank on your mind? I did I did a random, you know on Spotify when you can go on like a song radio? I yeah. sort of did like, I went on the uh, Tony Hawk's 2 soundtrack, and I went on like, like, give me like a playlist. Yeah, it is one of the best soundtracks of all time. And I was like, give me like a playlist radio. And yeah. it, it served up Hooperstank, and I've not had a Hooperstank love in in a long time. Crawl in the dark, Hooperstank, Hooperstank, more like, who are they? That's what the young kids are talking about now because i mean they are old man i mean oh, imagine dude. imagine right being back in the day and just sitting around you just go yeah huberstank that's the yeah. name that's the one that's the ticket to glory pals <laughs> oh yeah, actually the actual name of the yeah, band. the name of the band up. huberstank big hoobie but i think um i remember when they revealed halo 2 and it was had the reason under it oh and yeah. Then, yeah that was the best me- mix of trailer music and um, best vi- mix of visuals and trailer music ever whereas now cheesy as hell Oh yeah, very cheesy. It's very Super of cheesy. the time, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, any any remaining Hooperstank fans, all four of you, then uh, know that I'm one of you at least at the minute. And and those Hooperstank fans can be welcomed along with everyone else who's not a Hooperstank fan to the UBP, the Yay! UBP, the UBP, the baby. UBP. We're doing a bit of a different one this week because okay. we didn't realise that you weren't in tomorrow when we usually record. <laughs> but luckily, we have thousands of questions built up in the old take trough from yep. months of doing this, years of doing this. At this Overflowing, point. it is. It is. It's dribbling so we thought we'd uh, dive into that and get through as many questions in that regard as possible i don't know if i said our names i'm scott tilford that's jules gill i am indeed unfortunately every single week so first question from wild child nation who says long time fan first time poster do you think games need to go back to less serious matters i play games to escape world matters and do silly fun things but now games are trying to be part of these issues i can definitely attest to the fact that sometimes the real world is does get a bit too much and it is mm. nice to have the escapism afforded mm. to you by video games um, I will say at the moment I'm playing through Oli Oli World at the moment nice. and I love that man because it is so detached from reality so detached from any form of seriousness whatsoever that it is just a pure slice of gaming fun and I, I love having the ability to flip between games that are super serious with like cinematic scopes and then you've mm-hmm. got these silly sort of like uh, fun at the centre experiences like Oli Oli World so mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that it has to go back to it because I do feel that the market's already being catered for i just think you have to know where to look and it's definitely i would argue outside of the triple a experience the triple a 
versions that we get today are i mean scott i could basically name any of these uh facets and you'd be like yep that's a game that exists in the top 10 sales list in the uk right. at the moment so it's like a uh, gritty war shooter uh where they uh where they talk about some real human emotions and maybe they uh have some sort of like superhero element to them and looter shooters like it's mm-hmm. all just this blob that takes up the top 10 triple a whereas mm-hmm. the indie experience much more fun unique experiences as well well, I think like for me, yeah, it's always going to be about gameplay stuff. I think there's a weird like ongoing conversation, or there has been, about the idea of like mature stuff needs to be in there to get a five star game. It mm-hmm. has to be more like a Last of Us or more like the PlayStation's first party output in general. And when was the last time a completely more arcade focused game or, or mechanically focused game entirely got given five stars? Like they're so few yeah. and far between. Um, the thing is, I'm, I've been playing Aka R on Switch, which is mm-hmm. like a, a Jeff Minter, who's like the legendary game designer, did some Atari stuff, did Tempest uh, 2000, um, like went back and were, like, managed to like do an agreement with Atari to re-release Aka R, which like there is a version of that on um, like the Atari 50 collection. Sure. But that is a game that is just so straight out of the 80s, like just, just a super over the top neon caked thing that is like very little story. Like, you wouldn't even want it. It's just sort of like kill some invading shapes and yeah. do it with this ridiculous sound soundtrack um and these like random sound clips that just say like stupid noises in the background um that's something that i'm gonna like i love to see i think that it's like it is one of those like varieties of spice of life things but i do get so tired of things like the last of us part two not that i don't love that game yeah it is, yeah but they're exhausting like the stuff that started coming out about um just you know when like the whole last of us hbo tv show like and the idea of who actually created the last of us and yeah. the idea of it was like entirely neil Druckmann versus obviously bruce straley was a co-writer and a co-creator and now it's just referred to as neil Druckmann's thing and yeah. then yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like really we was a Oh, sorry. We were, just, we were talking before in like a previous UBP episode about how it's like uh, certain people get attributed to the entire project. It's like mm-hmm. a Hideo Kojima game isn't just Hideo Kojima work making everything there. It's mm-hmm. him plus a team. And it's do people do get forgotten in the mix with the auteur mm-hmm. thing. Australia was just saying like, you know, the idea, the way that they created The Last of Us was far more um, collaborative. Like it mm-hmm. was like Neil would want, like Druckmann has said, he's like, I'm a very dark person. He likes dark subject matter. And you mm-hmm. can tell when he fully took over uh, for Last of Us Part Two, it's a far more darker, relentlessly dark game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Strilly was saying, like, you know, Druckmann would be all like, I want to do dark stuff. Strilly would try and balance it out. And there were other members of the, the cast and the um, the crew and everything that would suggest things to get that overall tone that Last of Us 1 has. Yeah. And so for me, I definitely prefer that. I was saying to Josh the other day, if Druckmann had entirely created Last of Us 1, I don't yeah. even know if I would have cared about it. I don't even know if it would have, like, caught on in the same way or not. It's weird, isn't it? Because there are certain games like that, um, that like The Last of Us, that are, like, Oscar-baiting. They, mm. That's the way that you would describe them if they were films and you're right like i can't remember a time where a charming indie title came along and did it with like a breezy cheery nature and managed to capture (laughs) everything like people are attracted to the dark and the complex Mm. subject matter presented Mm. in the likes of these triple a games like god of war and the last of us Mm -hmm. so i don't know if a indie game can ever win over the uh gaming award shows or like because a cinematic game. Well, yeah. I, I just don't think it's possible because of mm. the fact that I think that people just gravitate towards what is reflected in cinema. They feel like if it doesn't have some sort of emotionally stirring core narrative or some really horrible subject matter to deal with, mm-hmm. then it will never get that sort of critical appraisal that so many other, uh, that those big games do. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens is, is that those games that nearly achieve that, that are like the perfect cheery breezy games, they become the cult 
cult classics like mm. your Psychonauts or your Akamis. Like mm. they are the ones that are talked about and revered for years after because they always felt like they never got the full chance to shine, mm-hmm. yet were still impeccable games in their own right. That's that's a fascinating thing because I'm watching this Psycho Odyssey, Psycho Odyssey stuff, and um, the Double Fine I've got on their YouTube channel, which mm-hmm. I recommend to anybody who cares about video games. Just it's like a 32 part breakdown of how they made Psychonauts two. Oh, amazing! I, I haven't 2, heard about that. I will definitely. Oh, mate, that. It's, it's phenomenal. Like they had, they filmed it from 2017 all the way through until the game shipped. Just proper fly on the wall. What was oh, happening? Awesome. How did that game come together? It's brilliant. Um, Pendleton Ward's in there as well, who I think you know the creator of Adventure Time. He oh just yeah, like pops yeah, in yeah. yeah. And um, just to help, like, with conceptual stuff. But um, Second Ones 2 is, uh, and for me, Celeste are, like, great examples of games mm. that tackle with mature subject matter and mature themes, like, deal with mental health and overcoming struggles and everything. But it's fundamentally intertwined into the gameplay, and it's fundamentally yeah. a video game story. And I think, like, I would rather have things that go in that direction. Like, mm. um, like I was still in absolute bits by the end of Celeste because I was literally playing somebody overcoming their struggle yeah. uh, as opposed to watching it in a cutscene. It's not that I don't love God of War, Ragnarok, or whatever, but it is interesting that the, like the, the cinematic like you said the Hollywood stuff mm-hmm. there's almost like an upper echelon of game reviews or game ratings that are reserved for like but did it make you cry but did it make mm, did it get to you yeah, whereas yeah. like we can't just celebrate something um, I mean it's not that I don't think that they are four and a half four or five star games but like something like a Celeste or a Psychonauts 2 um, like I think that's more of an example of like how you could do a five star video game story that is just as weighty as something like that is more belabored like a Last of Us where they spell it out you know they give you the, the zoom ins on the emotion yeah emotion happening look how much they're crying look how much anger there is like there's a whole other way that you could do it I do feel as well that we're um, the video game awards are quite shallow as well like if mm. it doesn't have like a million pounds for puddle technology then you're not going to like make <laughs> as much of a dent like I, that's a really good point I, I don't know any game that's come across that ha- that's won tons of awards that hasn't looked absolutely stunning as well as carrying that subject matter because mm. it's like your Red Dead Redemption is twos your Left 4 Dead's your Horizons they all win big because mm. they look big but it's like that's you know good. that game that came out when it was like um you're playing through the Middle Ages and it looks like a Chaucerian tale. Uh, um, Kingdom Come Deliverance? Not that one. It was the one that's like 2D. Oh, Pentiment, yes. Pentiment, yeah. It was like people mm-hmm. were saying that the story of that was really, really engaging and fantastic. And mm-hmm. as a game, it was perfectly crafted for what it is. But mm-hmm. it will never win massive video game awards because it doesn't look like a AAA game. It doesn't look like a blockbuster. Mm. Some of the some of the stuff with the game, because just because it is Jeff Keighley, I feel like his heart's mostly in the right place. Like I do mm. some stuff he's managed to give. Like I remember when they awarded um, her story was like best, best story and that game is like a live action shot thing and that, that beat The Witcher um, back in like 2015 there are a couple of times when that happens but, but it's that's definitely be- that's more. best story you know what I mean and it, it, does, and it, like and that, it didn't yeah. go on to become like a it was a critical darling but it wasn't mm. like a world renowned success story like those previous no. games that we've mentioned and it, I reckon that unfortunately as much as it is you need to have not just a good story but you need to have it looking like it is so polished mm. it's, it's, it's a bit unfair I just think it's really unfair just, to, to indie developers really yeah, for me, it's like we had this whole period from like about 1998 all the way through like the 2000s to the early 2010s where it was just, can we chase Hollywood? Can we beat Hollywood? Mm-hmm. How well how well can we render faces and dramatic acting? And that Metal Gear Solid was like the, the huge deal. And then Uncharted was a major leap up. And then The Last of Us was a major leap mm-hmm. up. And it's like, we've proven it. We've proven we can digitize acting performances. And so for me, it, it's not that I don't want the that stuff, but I am curious, what can you do that is fundamentally a video game story? What can you do that's fundamentally like tied to, that elevates our medium rather than just makes mm. those filmic comparisons? 
Because um, for the longest time, Kojima was like, oh, I wish I was a film director or I want to I make a film. Oh, really? Like, yeah. You, yeah. You couldn't like, have told from your hour and a half uh, cutscenes that you put <laughs> into your games. You literally <laughs> so, are a filmmaker, mate. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, yeah, I'd always be... Not that I... I think as a question, like the original question of like, you know, do you want them to just stop dealing with them, you know, serious matters? No, I want them to deal no. with them the most serious matters, mm-hmm. but I kind of also want them to do it in a way that is fundamentally video gamey if we're talking about ideals. Yeah, I, and again, I think that um, the way that we have a current balance of the indie market going for gameplay and detailing stories in a way that um, will hit and resonate with you on a much more personal scale, and then mm-hmm. you've got the other end of the spectrum where it's just like big bombastic budgets just being thrown around all over the place. It's like you do have a great mix. So no, I think that at the moment I would want them to carry on doing what they're doing. And in mm-hmm. fact, given the sort of rise of political strife that's going on in the world, I would expect that the next generation of big storytelling games We've already discovered or started to explore the depths and depravity of humanity, but I do think the next <laughs> couple of years we're going to see some real horror shows coming out. Yeah, I mean, I remember like the 2013 boom, that's sort of like the idea like when we uh, when video games got inducted into the Museum of Modern Art and they were yeah. finally like, re- like regarded as art, there was that whole conversation about that, but you got games like Papers, Please or This War mm-hmm, of Mine came mm-hmm. after that, and there was that whole idea of like making really tough thematics playable or interactive. Like That is the stuff that I think is super worthwhile. I'd like, I'd, I I mean, I think of like Red Dead Redemption 2, like I've referred to that as like a triple a game with an indie soul it's mm-hmm. like it's taking its time it, it wants you to feel like you're this dying guy in the wild west and i think that's that's like fantastic you'll probably never get a game like that anymore um especially from rockstar because they're like they're dan hauser what a lot of their lead creators have yeah gone. i mean it's going to be so scary i mean gta 6 is going to be the litmus test for what the hmm. future of um rockstar is because mm-hmm. if they come out and that game is just like all style no substance stinker let's just get as much money out of you as possible <laughs> shark card shark card shark card then honestly i genuinely think the red dead is just on the bricks it, it won't mm. it, that we won't get another good one no they'll never do something like red dead 2 again um, i mean that game was barely finished it was only 20 percent. i mean in yeah. terms of people who finished it about 20 percent of people or whatever finished it or 10%. and you know what it's going to be under such close scrutiny as well that game mm. if they ever did announce it because of the huge amount of crunch culture that was involved in getting it made and all of the ridiculous behind the scenes mm. stories you heard of people suffering for their art mm-hmm. and it's like if Red Dead Redemption 3 ever comes out, people are going to be like, well, you are going to be taking at least five years longer than you say if you're going to do this thing legitimately. <laughs> well, that's what they've done with GTA 6. There was like a whole, like after it leaked like last mm-hmm. year or whatever, there mm-hmm. was that whole write-up of them just saying, we can just take our time um, and then management want us to because GTA 5 is still selling. GTA I know, it's is ridiculous. Still it's so ridiculous. It'll be its 10th year anniversary in October. Yeah, um, I know. It's like, nuts. Which is ridiculous. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think, um, yeah, hopefully games dive into more serious stuff, but do it well. Next question mm-hmm. from It's Me Poolsy. Hey, hey, if you had to give a game <laughs> to show off, if you had to give a game to show off games to someone like the Pope or a president or some aliens, etc., what game would that be? It wouldn't be Destroy All Humans 2, I'll tell you that much, because if it was the aliens, <laughs> they'd be like, right, okay, then that's a good idea. Let's some start ideas. taking over. Um, it would be... It's a hard one, that, because how do you show a game to people who don't game? Um, do you go for something that is so visually impressive but mm. risk maybe alienating them by them going, whoa, it's way too much, way too quickly? Mm-hmm. Or do you go for a simple, hardback visual experience that focuses on addictive gameplay? I think that's where I'm at. I think mm. it would be like, what does the medium give you? There's a certain, there is a certain feeling, there's a certain rush, there's an excitement to, to, a vi- to interacting with something mm-hmm. and having it pay off. It's that... It's that. So I think it would be, have to be something that is just so fundamentally satisfying and addictive. My mind, though, cannot think of the perfect game that well, matches narrative to... You've got to look at what um, the uh, the requirements were. So it's got to be to the president, 
The Pope. Well, <laughs> let's, 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 let's just say, so it's the yeah. president, the Pope, and some mm-hmm. aliens. They're all in the room, and you've got to give them a video game. So obviously you can't do one that bashes religion, because obviously the Pope's no. going to be out. You can't mm-hmm. do one that's going to be you killing aliens, because the aliens are going to be out. And mm-hmm. you can't do anything that's going to be too politically dicey, because the president's going to be out. So you're kind of narrowing it down to, like, Tetris at this point. And even then, that's got Russia involved with it, so you can't even give them that. <laughs> I was gonna, my mind went to balloon fight. I was just trying to think of something. Oh, it would be, so uh, what was that game that got banned off of Steam and then came back? Genital Jousting. That's what you do. Yeah. Oh no, because the, yeah, the, the Pope that. wouldn't like that. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> I think yeah, for me it would be like the sim. Because for me, when I went through the Atari Fifty collection, it was just such a reminder of like the purest gameplay ideas can still be timeless. Even stuff from like the late seventies can still yeah, be yeah, like really asteroid fun. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And really like addictive and, and really uh, recommendable and so immediately recommendable that my mind does go to things like uh, like I said, balloon fight or tempest or um, <laughs> just really ancient stuff. But I'm also in a bit of an Atari bubble at the minute because I've been doing all that stuff so um i think if, if you talk about something that like for me it would have to tick all the boxes of what video games can be so you would yeah. want some of that cinematic flair um but not something entirely um i don't know if it would just be the i don't know the original metal gear solid or something no, it's not. no they, they, that's way too complex for them because they don't play mm. games i think that got it's got thumbs, a, though well, yeah well the aliens, the aliens right? i don't know i don't know they might be gaseous forms um <laughs> The thing is, they're called the big stinkies. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, you'd give them something like a walking simulator, something that is very peaceful, very calm, that can focus mm-hmm. on the aesthetics, but makes them take their own time to just explore and do what they want, and mm-hmm. then maybe add a bit of intrigue in with that. Like Maybe like a I, Gone Home. Yeah, like Gone Home. I wouldn't say Dear Esther. Dear Esther's actually like quite boring. I went back to it no, recently, you... and I was just like, wow, this... The aliens would blow oh, us up if they had to play oh, through Dear yeah. Esther. They'd be like, where is the actual content in this game? It's like, don't worry, it'll come in about three hours. Maybe Firewatch could be a good one. Firewatch is a great chat. Walking Sims are a great chat to give, yeah, to someone who's never played games before. You know what, mate? I've Go just on. I've just realised what game it is we should be giving them. It's mm-hmm. Game of the Year of 2021. Okay. Oh, 2022, sorry. It's Stray. Clearly, clearly it's Stray. <laughs> Everyone needs to play Stray, and it's got cats in. Everyone loves cats. Oh, uh, the cat saves the world. And it's and it's so, like, uh, the puzzles are so simple that anyone will get them. I wish I could think of the perfect game that marries arcade, um, like, uh, instantaneous play with some sort of story payoff. It would be something like a Celeste, but I guess that's quite, like, there's a lot It's to quite that. difficult, actually. Maybe it is quite maybe, difficult. Maybe uh, Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, Shredder's Revenge. Yeah, yeah, should we just get him on that? Oh, my beat God. Him up? <laughs> yeah. It's Shredder's Revenge. That's so satisfying. It doesn't really have the story stuff, but it's so beautiful. The music's incredible. If, if the Pope, the President, and a bunch of aliens play yeah. the game, together there are two aliens in this in this case oh, so there's yeah, four yeah, sure, of them sure, sure. Um, they would abs- oh my god TMNT Shredder's Revenge is, is a god tier game Glork um, pass them to me glab glab glee glab <laughs> <laughs> what did you say about my mother question from mm-hmm. Jack Asbury who says what's the most expensive second hand game you've ever bought I would really like Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness Ooh. but it's not worth £265 yeah it's like the second hand market for old retro games is silly man like I yeah. um, I think that I managed to get a copy of No More Heroes for the PS3 before it went crazy in price and now it's like 50 quid or something like that for it but in terms of like secondhand games that I own that are actually worth money that I paid for a lot at the time I'd probably say uh, I did pay a lot for most of my PS1 collection I remember I um, I remember I paid I was very lucky in the fact that I won an eBay bid and managed to get Mm -hmm. like our our favourite wolf dog and sheep sheep dog and wolf remember that got that (laughs) in there sheep raider yeah Yeah, sheep raider Um, I managed to get uh Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. 
You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Uh, All of the the Resident Evil games, they were actually quite expensive to own physically. Mm -hmm. Like like the 1, 2, and 3, they can fetch like nearly 20 quid, 20, 30 quid a time. Yeah, there was a copy of Resident Evil 2 in, um, there's a shop in the UK called CEX, but they call themselves Sex. It's a thing. Because it's funny. (laughs) Because it's hilarious. And I guess it's making me mention them right now. And um, they sell, they're known for like secondhand stuff and used games and everything. They had a copy of Resident Evil 2 on PS1 um, in our local store in the Northeast for about 60 pounds. Wow. And um, it was like a mint condition one. Like you said, though, all the retro stuff is sky high. Like me trying to, when I got my N64, I was like, I'll get a pristine boxed collection of N64 games. Each one is like 70, 80 pounds. Yeah. Like it's kind of crazy. There's some that are like Um, absolutely mad prices as well. Like if you've got them, even just outside with just the cartridge for the N64, they're worth absolute mm. mint mad money. Like, mm-hmm. um, isn't that there's there's one game that everyone tries to get. What's it called? Is it not Blast Core? Blast Core is one of them. It yeah. might be one of them that's like a, that is worth absolutely silly money. You you mm-hmm. vamp, and I'm just going to do most expensive. Well, I need, I need to tell a tale because okay, I do, I got a Game Boy Advance SP a couple of years ago because I was like I just wanted to replay my old Game Boy Advance collection. I wanted to get a few new things and just have the SP. That, that little clamshell thing mm-hmm. is a really cool mm-hmm. design. And uh, I really wanted to play through Minish Cap. It was like the only one of the only oh, Zelda's yeah, I'd never yeah, played. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I bought the Game Boy Advance SP, which was about hundred pounds because it was like a mint one. Yeah. Um, and then I they couldn't find any copies of um, of Minish Cap itself after that. It weren't like extortionate pricing. And then I went to New York because um, I was on uh, the honeymoon and everything. Mm-hmm. And I went, I found a little game shop in New York and they had it in for like, it was like $50 or $60. And I was like, oh, F it, I'm on holiday. I'm, I want this, I just want this game at some point. I have the SP with me. And so I spent that money. So like in total, it was like, I don't know, 100 pounds, 110, 120 pounds. Ridiculous. <sighs> yeah. Because they've now added some Minish Cap to the Switch online. I know, and they're just like, cool, so brilliant. <laughs> I would have just had that anyway. Um, so stuff like that where, I mean, I'm glad that I have the physical copy of it and I do like yeah. playing it on the SP, yep. but it's not as good as playing it on the Switch. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, I've got my PS1 collection, which is probably maybe between 75 to, like, 100 games up there. But it's all mm. up in the attic at the moment. Oh, have you still and, got everything? Yeah, I've still got all of them. It was one nice. of the few things that I made sure to take from Newcastle when I came and moved down here to Wales. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, like, 
do I hold on to them just because I can have them? I've not mm-hmm. played my PS1 in ages and I haven't even booted up my PS3 that allows me to play PS1 discs in absolutely ages as well. <laughs> so I think to myself, should I just sell them to somebody who would actually get use out of them and use the money to do something nice, like go on hmm. holiday or do something like that? I, I, I don't know. But I do the, have the, the sentimentality nature. Like, I mean, I still mm-hmm. have a copy of Jedi Power Battles. I still have ECW Hardcore Revolution. Like, I have a, a very select few of what I got whittled down to and um, that I just like to have on a shelf. Do you have like a favorite collector's game? Like like one that not not necessarily that you paid the most for, but the one that you are so glad that you have a physical copy it's of. It's probably just my copy of Sonic from the Mega Drive because it's such a mm. chunky case. Like mm. those old Mega Drive cases were so big and bulky. Um, and I got a mint condition one from a collector's shop in France. Uh, I sound like I'm the most globe trotting man <laughs> right now, but I've I've been to I've been to different places across the last 10 years. And um yeah, found this lovely little street in France that had loads of like nerdy shops on and one of them was a collector's place and it was like a mint condition nice. copy of the original Sonic. Um, I forget how much that was, but I didn't care because I just loved Sonic. So I threw money at the man, and that's I think that's a, like a lovely thing to have. I yeah. love the tactility of those cases. I kind of miss how chunky old stuff is because you yeah. just don't get it anymore. Um, so maybe it's that. It's not necessarily rare. It's just that it's in perfect condition. See, I'm in the same position. It's not rare in the slightest, but my copy of Dynasty Warriors 3, I'm just, mm. I just it's the same copy I had when I was a kid. So it was, I don't even know when that game came out. Like We're talking right. about early 2000s. So uh. that's stuck with me throughout my entire life and is still one of my favorite Dynasty Warrior games, but I haven't gone back to it. So mm. I know it's probably tosh by today's standards, <laughs> but I just look at it and go, wow, the amount of time that I spent on that game, what a great time. Love I always just game. think that you could go back though. That's always the thing that makes me keep them as I'm like, well, one day, maybe I'll want to do this. And then knowing that you have access when to When have you and library. I got the time to do well, anything, <laughs> mate? Like, the thing is, I was talking to like, my friend about this the other day. He was like, oh yeah, you work for what culture? It must be amazing to play video games all day. I was like, bro, no, no I don't I don't get to play video <laughs> games. Like, I have to play video games outside of my own time. And barely, barely then, because I have, as soon as work ends, it's like real life is still there waiting for me. I've got to do. I was going to say like the the other part of that pie is like the the works bit, and then like, they want to play a game. So then actual life is yeah. the other part of that pie that we always have to try and balance. Um, but yeah, like you said, the retro game market is mad expensive um, these days. It's hard I to f- nail stuff down. I found out what it was. It was a Stunt Racer sixty four was the one I was remembering uh, right. And do you know what? It was seven hundred pounds. Good lord. For. Yeah. That was because it was like a limited press release or whatever, limited, limited pressing. Do you know it. what? Some of these things end up getting rare just because of the fact that they were so common for a while, but everyone's mm. just binned them off. So it's like scarcity just becomes real, even if mm. the game's absolute tosh. Because weirdly enough, uh, I'm just going to double check this as I talk. So mm. 50 Cent, Blood on the Sand, right? What a game. Uh, no joke is actually quite expensive now. Uh, okay. Let's go. Well, we've done we've done a few lists on the channel of like um, like 360 games. Dream. I think we did 360. I think we've done N64 and a PS1 yeah. one of uh, games you didn't realize are worth million. Oh, games that are worth a lot now, kind of thing. This is 35 quid used, like for, for a game that was. <laughs> and I remember this like about three or four pounds, like right. secondhand in like sex or whatever. Like speaking it was... of old games that should be cheaper, only because I'm going to Japan at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm in such a Final Fantasy mood at the minute, and 12 is one of the only ones that I've not finished. And is it so quite expensive? It's forty four ninety nine on the Switch. Get eShop. out! And I'm like, get it's out, a PS2 mate. game. Can you just like, get like the Zodiac edition that's on the PC and all the other versions? Well, that's the one that's forty four ninety nine. But I already have that on PS five, or PS four, PS five. Oh, so right. I was like, I wanted to have it for the Switch. So I could, I could start. I mean, it's going to be what like eight hours tell long you what, anyway. You are a bloody hoarder, mate. The fact that you've got multiple <laughs> games on different, co- the same game on multiple consoles. Oh yeah, man. man what? Like, so they can't even transfer the save between them. So you're just kind of like, <laughs> oh, I've got sixty hours through Final Fantasy twelve on the PS four. Well, I thought I downloaded Final Fantasy IX on my Switch. I already had a copy of that, and I downloaded it because old me 
must have thought you were going to play through You've already played through, through, through that, like, already Well, knows. I know, I know, but, like, it's really, really good. And I haven't played through the whole thing <laughs> since I first played through it in, like, 2000 or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'll pick up my old save because I'm only a few hours in. I remember doing the first few hours. No, that was a different version of Final <laughs> Fantasy IX that I bought on the PlayStation that I did do the first few hours of. Oh so God. I started nine all over again yesterday. But again, being, again, again, again. Final Fantasy XII should not be 45 English pounds. No. Um, that's ridiculous. Next question from The Mad Beard, who says, Ooh, is VR actually really worth it? Up to this point, VR has seemed a gimmicky cash grab and a yep. failed venture. Yep, 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 yep. I totally agree uh, with your worry, my friend, but mm. I can only speak from experience, and my experience with VR has been a very positive one. I've had, mm-hmm. to be honest, I think that what's happened is, is that all my friends have curated all of the VR games and just shown me the best ones mm. of there, and there are quite a few out there that are just absolute dross and do not deserve to be on there, but I played <laughs> um, the, the Walking Dead Saints and Sinners game or whatever it okay. was. I played, um, what other one was it? Oh, I played... Uh, Beat Saber, oh, yeah. which is incredible fun, mm-hmm. and I also played through the opening sections of Resident Evil Seven with it, and I nice. feel like those three experiences on their own made VR completely make sense to me. I was like, mm-hmm. this is amazing when you are fully immersed in there, playing three very different styles of video games. Mm-hmm. I just had the best time. I won't say that I want to drop 500 swiddly diddlies on the that's newest one, that, but yeah. that's where I let Josh do all of that. He then goes through all that, <laughs> tells me if it's worth anything or not, and then in about three or four years, when the tech's about to die, I'll pick it up then. <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at, because the, the price is what makes me run a mile from it. Um, I do think there's like a lot, because I was watching Jeff the Jeff Gersman show, which is like Jeff Gersman left Giant Bomb for his own mm-hmm. show and he was um, talking about this as well and he was reading out one of the um, there's a quote from one of the guys who's like running Oculus talking about their sales stats coming out of Christmas and he was like oh the original adopters of VR um, were like super into the system they bought mm-hmm. it up we had this initial um, sales success and he was like the newest people just aren't they don't care as much the newest people yeah. aren't like um, you know going, it's like people who love VR love VR yeah. but that's it like that market is almost quite closing like uh, Gerson was just saying like the sheer reality that the head of Oculus is saying like this just isn't working for the new audience yeah. um, is pretty damn telling as to whether this does have a future or not. Do you know why it um, it's happened like that mm. though? It's because Oculus and all of the VR headsets were ones that were introduced to a gaming industry that was already moving forward uh, mm. with its own thing. It was basically like hey you can play this game with this and there are only a handful of titles that are only for the Oculus or That's made better by VR until um, Sony, Microsoft, uh, Nintendo decides to do their new console with the VR headset included as in Mm. it is part of the console experience Mm. itself you will Mm. never see it transition over there because Mm. the market is so small there might be people out there that are listening to the same well I've got a VR headset you are definitely in the tiniest of percentiles (laughs) for people who actually have uh, access to it Mm-hmm. It's just it's just a matter of dollars and cents in this. True. I think, yeah, that's one of the things that he was saying, which I guess is what we've already thought about, which just feels obvious anyway. It's just that, what are the game? where are the games? Like, yeah. for me, I've been, I've been waiting for the, the analog stick moment, as I keep referring it to, uh, to VR, where, like, analog sticks fundamentally change the way yes. that we control yes. games. Where are the VR games that are fundamentally, like, the gameplay is fundamental to the fact that it's in VR? Like, you know, maybe you can climb up something manually or you can mm-hmm. aim at two people mm-hmm. at once or whatever, but it's not enough to make it, like you said, make you spend half a thousand pounds on it yeah um then a lot of the stuff now even things like pistol whip which like are like seem incredible look incredible i know josh is like loving that stuff um for me it's just like it's another shooting gallery it's another thing that's a yeah. first person shooter like, i, I yeah. found it so strange that sony dropped this psvr2 headset in the midst of what is probably their uh 
biggest drought of video games because we're mm. still in a situation where the PS5 only still like has maybe 15 to 20 games that you can fully recommend that are unique if to that, that platform, if that. And we have been now looking at this console since, what, 2020? 2020, like, yeah. Yeah, like we're in this position where I don't know what they were thinking because they've clearly just pushed <laughs> this bit of tech out and gone, yeah, this also exists. But we're not tying it to any of the core PS5 experience, so mm-hmm. well, got, yeah, like, you can thing, pick then... this up. You can pick it up. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that the thing that blew my mind was that it wasn't even listed on Amazon. Like it yeah, is in certain yeah. territories. Someone got in touch to say that they did have access to it on the Australian Amazon. But for us, you had to go through this specific PlayStation link. So even yeah. if you were having like an impulse buy, you're looking at the review coverage. Oh my god, I might like see how much it, it costs. It wasn't on Amazon. It wasn't like readily available. It was yeah. only through Sony. Um, and the price is ludicrous anyway. I saw Jeff Grubb um, like just saying that you know the the price isn't long for this world. That it's probably going to yeah. go down anyway. Um, but yeah, it's just it's a market issue. It's a game issue. Like they have Horizon Core of the Mountain, but yeah. that doesn't seem to be blowing anybody away. But then you've got that situation where if you say, right, okay, this price isn't working for us, we've got to lower it to get more people on board. You've basically just insulted the people who were your earliest yes. and biggest supporters. You basically just said, cool, thanks for your money. Now we're going to give a better deal to somebody else because mm-hmm. you there weren't enough suckers like you, and that <laughs> sucks. That's that's awful. Yeah, if they, yeah, if they drop it because the thing is to make it. Like, I mean, it is competitive with other VR headsets. Like mm-hmm. if you're up against like the Vive or um, or whatever. But like, still, it's that whole thing of like a console audience just doesn't want to spend uh, more than the console itself on something that they don't even know if they're going to get the mileage out of. They should definitely do a Sony good guy moment where they mm. just say, "Okay, we are going to allow other headsets to work with our console." Oh. If they, if I know that it might seem like a massive sort of risk for them to do that, mm. but if they lower the price and they open up access to all of it, you'll probably find people still will support Sony to have the branding uh, co-op go across it. Mm. But I do think if you open it up to just allow anyone with a, heads, uh, a virtual reality headset to use their games on that system, you're probably going to get a massive uh, boom because it will be like, finally, this is where VR gaming is. Yeah, that's true. I think it, that they, it would be they, so hard to do though. I, I, it probably yeah. wouldn't. It's, it's just yeah. Well, to all the ongoing stuff with the Microsoft um, trying to acquire Call of Duty, and they were like the, their latest reason why they can't let them acquire the game is that they might release a buggy version on PlayStation and, and perfect the game over on Xbox. Oh, it's like that's like man. written in some yeah. black and white yeah, now, and yeah, yeah. um, that they are they feel threatened or whatever by the idea of that so yeah sony are very buttoned up in that regard but yeah <laughs> vr stuff is fascinating for me because i didn't even realize it was coming out and then the price tag is ridiculous and then just seeing that okay what should i buy it for and then it's kind of like well they're better vr versions of what you've already played like it's it's yeah. cool they're great yeah. but yeah it's not it's not selling me just yet even though the tech is incredible and yeah. like josh was like it is phenomenal if you can afford it but the um, tech's but always been that. incredible with vr headsets it's always mm. worked it's Outside just the console space yeah it's just what's the, where's the real drive to get it mm-hmm. i think because when they showed on the state of play they showed that game called before your eyes which you control by blinking and I that's, think that's cool. cool that's very cool like literally you're like progressing through someone's life based on a set of memories and you choose when you want to see the next one based on how long you can keep your eyes open mm-hmm. and you're struggling to see certain things and i was like that's that's really cool like give me 10 more things like that um which again brings it right back around to our indie triple a thing where it's like you need those really cool gameplay hooks um but yeah i can't i can't speak as someone who's played the psvr too i do have a psvr um mm-hmm. and that was fine it was fun enough but it didn't it didn't it didn't blow me away it doesn't yeah. feel like it is the yeah. dual analog stick thing Final question from bdub3815, who says, what's the best game I'm not playing on Game Pass or PlayStation Plus? I'll download your answer ASAP. The best game you're not playing on Game Pass or PlayStation Plus? 
It's dodgeball um, academia. I was going to say dodgeball, but he, it was taken <laughs> off of Game Pass recently. Oh, so, did they? Oh, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, no. yeah. So I don't know the answer to this one now because I was looking through Game Pass and was like, okay, there's there's a decent selection of video games, but mostly it's stuff that I've already played before or I'm not mm. that super keen on because, like I've said to Scott many times and you at home, yeah, listening is that I only have a finite amount of time for gaming, so I basically have to choose which three of big games I'm going to have at the mm-hmm. moment. I cannot believe they took that game off Game Pass. That would be the yeah. thing that I would immediately recommend to anyone. That game is stellar. Isn't Wo Long Fallen Destiny? Uh, Fallen, Fallen Dynasty. Dynasty yeah. I, I'd say I say pick that up because I know it's like uh, people are saying that it's like the new Sekiro. I was surprised that was on Game Pass, like as like a full full price thing that is also over yeah. on PlayStation. Yeah, um, it's uh, it stands out. I reckon that what they should do is because I'm just on the leaving soon tab of the Xbox. Box Game Pass thing. Marvel's mm. Guardians of the Galaxy is leaving soon. So I would say download that now and get yes. that experience in you because it's actually really, really good. And annoyingly, it's probably never going to get a sequel, never going to get a follow-up because it was just a single-player game that was actually decent and it basically spat in the face of Marvel's <laughs> Avengers and they didn't <laughs> like that. No, there is also, um, the Guardians game is also in the same space as Midnight Suns. Even though Midnight Suns isn't on Game Pass yet, I absolutely believe it will be yeah. uh, once the season pass stuff is out well, the way. They, they need to because of the fact that the game's yeah. died on its ass in terms of sales apparently I think that mm-hmm. what it is is that because the PC version when it came out was slightly buggy and uh, people spoke a lot about that um, the high school romance element style sub uh, stories that you have mm-hmm. and not being the central draw of why you play this game mm-hmm. people were given like a very bad impression of what that game is but what it is in actuality, is a fantastic strategy game that mm-hmm. is super rewarding, very funny, and deftly written. I love that game. Mm-hmm. However, just maybe don't pick it up on the Switch. I, I, genu- <laughs> I, I think that the Switch version that they said is coming is going to be ooh, buggy as hell. Any Switch version of a, of a big game, a big yeah. game. There was a whole thing about again that Call of Duty stuff where um, Activision was saying, "Oh, we can get uh, the newest Modern Warfare. We can get all that stuff working on Switch." And I'm like, "Yeah, in like 360p." Yeah. Like, it's not going to be remotely fun to play. I was just scrolling through my most recently played stuff, and hardly any of it is Game Pass stuff. However, Hi-Fi, blah, blah, Hi-Fi, Hi-Fi Rush, Rush is. Mm. So I'd still recommend uh, checking that out. That game is absolutely gorgeous, and its completion rates are tiny. People seem to have only done the first few levels um, and not Come kept on, you going, can do it. So. You can do it. For now, though, this has been the Untitled Panda Podcast. The UBP, the UBP. The UBP. The UBP. I've been Scott Tilford. That's been Jules Gill. I have indeed. A massive, massive thank you to everybody for sending in their various questions and thoughts. We will return in full next week, but for now, Thank you all very much, and we'll catch you next week. Goodbye. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, hey, it's Kip Bodner, CMO of HubSpot. Join me and my co-host, Kieran Flanagan, CMO over at Zapier. On Marketing Against a Grain, we're not the typical regurgitated Twitter threads. These are takes from us, marketing leaders about what we're doing and what we're learning from our peers and what's working in the market and how you can apply them to your business. Everything you need to grow a modern business and have a strategy that is fit for growth in today's changing economy. Listen to our podcast, Marketing Against the Grain, wherever you get your podcasts.
Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.